your presence to obtain mercy regarding our finances, regarding our businesses, regarding every area of our life. And we know that you are there because we have gathered in your name. To you be all the glory in Jesus' name. Let the entrance of your word give us light and illumination. Lord, inspire us. Let there be benefits of eternal value from this session today in Jesus' name. Ideas that will change our life, change our destinies, change the trajectory of our finances. Let them come to us in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that as I open my mouth to speak, you will declare your counsel and there will be a word in season for everybody who is here today in Jesus' name. Lord, let the glory be yours and let the blessings be ours in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are praying. Praise God. Let's be majestically seated in God's presence. I kind of like the ambience of this church. Like, am I still in Lagos? You know, I like I like the the coziness and everything. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Pastor Femi Adebe and I went to secondary school together. Yes, uh, we finished in 1995. How many years ago? Some of us were still in diapers then. <laughs> but it's such a joy to be connected over the years and, you know, to be doing great things in our various industries and sectors. And I'm really glad to be here. So when you said, oh, you have to come to my church, I'm like, count it done. Consider it done, even though my ear was not responding and my, my schedule was everywhere. I said, don't worry, I'll be here. And I'm glad to be here today. Thank you. And thank you, Ma. I am so delighted to be meeting you. Now, talking about finances gives me joy all the time. I tell people that um, there are a couple of things that just excite me. Um, I love God. I love myself. I love my family. I'm a mom of three boys. Um, yes. And yes. Okay, Meta. Yes. <laughs> and uh, my husband. And then talking about finances and entrepreneurship just gives me joy. So wake me up anytime I just am there, you know. Where is that coming from? I could use a hand help, actually, if possible, so there are no distractions. All right. Okay, so today um, I'll be talking about exemplary stewards. And those are very, very few powerful words that I would make an attempt to dissect. Uh, when we talk about exemplary, what does it mean? When we talk about stewards or stewardship, what does it mean? The name of my organization is Smart Stewards. And of course, you know, that word is not strange to me. I have lived it, I have conceived it, I have breathed it, I have eaten it, I have, you know, digested it. So you have brought me here to, to talk about the core of what I believe in, in terms of personal and business finances. And I'll just say a few things and I'm hoping that, you know, after this program, we will, you know, just all be in a better financial place. Um, let's look at the dictionary meaning of exemplary. It's not, it's not anything long. It just says that exemplary means serving as a desirable model. Very good. Serving as a desirable model, very good. Now, most times when we hear the word 
exemplary. What comes to mind? Words like that. What comes to mind is somebody you know in a leadership position. Somebody that is eye off. You know, there are some words that are exemplary. Ah, it's very, very sweet. But I love the combination of the two words because there could actually be exemplary stewards. There could be exemplary servants. Our society, by virtue of what we see, exemplifies or projects, you know, leadership. Those who have made it. Those who are there, you know. And that's why when you go on social media, people are easily in quote, inspired by the people that have made it. You understand? Social media and the society, they project success. If you post a photo of you in a private jet, you will get more likes than you, you know, just posting some inspire to perspire post. Like I went to school today, I stretched and, but on my way back, I was encouraged that, you know what, life is in traffic and men are in silence. People won't need that word. They will say, what is he saying? But when you stand by a private jet, a lovely sky, a lovely whatever, whether it is your own or it is not your own, the likes will be like, boom, boom, boom. Do you get? And that's why a lot of people, when they have a very important message to pass across, the very first photo they will use is something that is heavy. Because we all love high things. We all love big things. We, are, we love high performers. We love... We are a very materialistic society, if you get what I mean. So I'm trying to say, see, the word exemplary is not just for people up there. It is not just for people who are successful. It is not for people who have, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And, um, you know, so exemplary could be you, 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 and I doing what we do very well. Joseph was an exemplary servant. How many of you remember his story? David was an exemplary servant. Moses was in the bush serving his father-in-law, and he was exemplary. I think we need to preach this message of service and being a steward more often than just talking about leadership and leadership because there are so many things we could learn from these people. Now, we have talked about exemplary, right? Now, let's talk about stewardship. Stewardship simply means the job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organization or property. And I tell people all the time that the first lesson that God introduced to us in the Bible is the lesson of stewardship. Do you agree with me? In Genesis chapter 1, after he created everything, then he created man. And the Bible said he put Adam and Eve in the garden. To do what? Thank you. To do what? To tend, to dress, to keep, right? To supervise. He didn't say, Abraham, um, Adam, you can't enjoy your life here. Put him in the garden. He didn't say you can't have a good time. He didn't say, you, he said, actually, you can eat of all of the fruits in this garden except for this one. But your primary job is to what? To tend, to keep, to supervise. 
So whilst you are enjoying your life, you must have that stewardship mentality. And the same lesson applies to all of us. Like I said, we are in a very materialistic world and age. And it's going to get worse. It's an age where everybody wants to get all they can and can all they get. You know what that means? Hamas is can it, sit on it. Seal it. And that's why you see people who have made money in politics, they continue to make money and they continue to steal money and they continue to just keep the money for reasons that you cannot even explain. I remember the former governor that embezzled five billion dollars. No, five billion naira actually, many years ago. How many of us remember that story? Ah, a lot of Gen Zs here. How many people remember? I just don't want to mention names. Yes, he was a former governor of Bayelsa State. Yes, I didn't mention names. Oh, he's late today. Why? As of today, but thank you. Five million dollars. Five million naira. And back then, when that story broke, I did an analysis. And I said, if he, if he had to spend 5 million naira every day of that money, just that today, oh, I have to spend more than 5 million, he would continue to spend that money. I can't remember the number of years that I calculated. You can do the maths for me. But 20 years, 30 years, that money is not finishing. So why would you then amass all of those things? Because everybody thinks that whatever I have is mine. Yeah, that, that is an anti-stewardship mentality. But as children of God, let me tell you, the safest place to be is what God himself modeled from the very first book in the Bible. Haven't done all. No, so God is not saying, guys, you have to hustle. You have to do all of these things. He says, I will make these things available to you. But your job is to what? Is to tend and to keep. I am not a coach that would say, don't enjoy your life. Forget it. I like to enjoy my life as well. But the first principle from this topic that I am teaching is, let's have a mindset of stewardship. And not just with our resources, guys. With Everything that we have. How many of us are married and have children here? Raise your hand very well, boldly. Uh huh. You are all coming. Yeah, you think ah, you will be married soon. You will have children. You know, by God's grace, somebody looks familiar here. Now, if I go back, so you will have children. This stewardship thing applies not just to your resources but to your children. You give birth to a very lovely-looking young baby girl, fair, and you're like, ah, mine and mine only. Even your husband is God's. Your career, your business, whatever it is you're able to accomplish, you will be successful with, with them. The God way with a stewardship mentality because that is what God wants us to be. So what are we saying? We are looking at a role model a person who understands how to tend and keep whatever God has committed to him or her in a very good way. Do we, can we unbundle this together now? These two, two, two very powerful words. That you are a steward 
and you are doing it in a fantastic way. So that is my introduction. Now I'm going to be sharing seven points. I will share a couple of practical experiences from my, you know, from my life and just a few things from the Bible and then we'll make it practical, right? I know there's a time for Q&A, but I could just decide to make this interactive and ask you questions. So please follow me carefully. Now, in Matthew chapter 25, where the word stewardship was, you know, used like very, very, very thoroughly to explain um, this, this, this word. I'll read Matthew 25 from verses 14 to 18. It is, I'm reading from the message, message version because he uses money to explain stewardship. It is also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one, he gave $5,000. How does that sound in this current Nigerian economic reality? $5,000. How many of you want $5,000? I want, see? Ah. <laughs> Me, I want. Oh, you don't, we are in church. Oh, angels are passing. Oh. To another, he gave 2000 and to a third person, he gave 1000 depending on their abilities. Then he left. Find every word in this scripture. Right off, I think another version says, immediately, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. Whose investment did he double? Even though the 5,000 I was given to him, right? But he doubled it. The second did the same. But the man with a single thousand dug a hole and carefully listened to every word that I would say and I would read from the Bible. I emphasize, carefully buried his master's money. Carefully. Now, you would, you would hear the excuse that he gave very soon. He was meticulous enough. He was skillful enough. He dig a hole. He, was, he knew how to do something. And he was a master digger, if you understand what I mean. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one giving $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him, good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. So from being a servant, you become my partner. The servant with the 2000 showed how he also had doubled his master's investment. His master commended him, good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. Did he say junior or senior partner? Partner is what? Partner. The servant giving 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and you hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. 
this message Bible is very wicked. This message version. And the master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It is criminal to live cautiously like that. Listen to that. It sounds like, sounds funny. It is criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked, risked the most and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. I decided to read the message version because I know that a lot of us are familiar with the NKJV, KJV. The K, I think the NKJV said, the guy said, uh, I mean, message the message version is still even nice. He said, he gave two reasons why he hid that money. He said, number one, I knew that you're a very unreasonable man, always wanting to reap where you did not sow. That's number one. Then I was afraid. So bear those, you know, maybe if time permits, I would read it again. Three different people, three different circumstances. Just like we all are in this world. Different faces, different people, different circumstances, different background. Backgrounds, rather. But something ties us up all together. We all are accountable to one master. And what happens is that, or what has happened is that he has given us resources depending on our abilities. And God would not require a request for you what he has not given you the ability to manage. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people are really, really multi-talented, multi-gifted. And some people, because of their genetic makeup, because of their background, because of their experiences and exposure, they may not have as much resources as those people. But God is not unrighteous. He won't come to that man that he gave one talent and expect to get ten talents from him. No. He said the least you could have done, even if you were not able to double it, like the other people doubled theirs, you could have at least gotten an interest. What God wants is that at least let there be a return on our investment in your life. In your finances, let it be a return. Live, live, live. Don't be too cautious. Don't just say, ah, this world, though, it is, there, are, there are different dimensions. Some people are, you only live one group. They live life anyhow. And some people are too cautious. Like, well, heaven is my goal, though. Let me just be able to feed my family. Feed my, and they are very lackadaisical. And God says, you, you can't be a live it cautiously person. You, there, there must be a return. Now, let's break it down. Do you have my slides and can you project, please? Right. And I'm going to share A to G from this story and from other stories. Uh, so I said the financial A to G to navigate your finances this season. Please go ahead. Go ahead, please. Go ahead. Number one, accountability. 
The servant, I mean, the master gave all of them talents according to their abilities. Let me tell you, there is nobody in this world, no matter how intense your financial circumstances look like, there is nobody that does not have the resources to live an amazing life or to, to prosper. Do you agree with me? I have spoken to people who say, no, coach, you don't understand. The odds are literally against me. They gave birth to me in Otter. Actually, I didn't even know my parents. And um, I went to a polytechnic. Actually, I did not even go to school at all. I actually, coach, I am from a polygamous family of four wives. Actually, I lived outside of Lagos for many years. Actually, coach, I am too short. You don't get it. For a man, I am below average height. Actually, coach, the genes in our family, we are too fat. So nobody's, you know, giving many excuses that they gave. But this story typifies how God works. Everybody seated here is a bundle of talent and resources. But the degree of multiplicity is the degree to which we are able to use those things. Don't forget, when the master was going, how many talents did he deposit with them in all? Or how many thousands of dollars? Five plus three plus one, how many? Five plus three plus one, how many? When he was coming back, did he introduce additional talents? Did he come back with additional talents or money? When did he, when and where did the multiplication happen? From them. Are you with me? Listen to me. I'm a teacher, so you have to listen to me very carefully and follow. Don't allow distraction. I said something earlier on, and I said, the degree of the multiplicity of our resources and talents is the degree to which we are able to exert ourselves. Now, some of the examples I gave earlier on are actually very personal. I am from a polygamous home, four wives. My mom, there was a second wife because my, my dad passed like two or three years ago. Proper, proper polygamous home where it was war and it was everything. I was, you know, telling somebody recently that the kind of home I grew up in was my parents in those days would fight themselves naked. They would lock themselves up. They would beat themselves up proper. We'll be hearing noise. When they finish fighting, my dad will pack his bag and be gone for two weeks. That was the kind of home I came from. So we were talking about marriage, and I'm like, see, you have to re rebirth yourself. That was the kind of traumatic upbringing that I had. So I could go into marriage with that excuse that, ah, I didn't have role models. But I had to rebirth myself. I started my career after we left Immaculate Heart Comprehensive High School. I wanted to get into Osu 
to study accounting. Year one, they did not give me the admission. So I was like, I don't know how I even got the idea of go to the polytechnic. So I started my career going to the Federal Polytechnic, Ilaro, Ogun State. Right. They didn't mention that somehow over the years it has fizzled out of my CV. But I say, I'm not shy to say. And I did my OND. After my OND, ah, this Osu. No, no, it wasn't just, it wasn't Osu, it was OAU. Accounting, UNICEF. And my dad said, okay, finish the poly. And in those days, the discrimination was intense and insane. Like, how can you say you have HND? People who have BSC self, they've not gotten job. <laughs> so, I finished my OND, and then I was bent on going to OAU. Like, this time around, no, well, nobody can tell me. And then OAU, despite the fact that I had an aunt who, who was a professor there, she said, okay, this girl that wants to die on this thing. They now gave me an ad admission. It wasn't accounting. It was I, ca I, ca I can't remember now. Something, something demographics. It starts with an S. Maybe social something and demographics. Ah! Mrs. Adegbe, is that you? Bless you. And, hey, I said me. No. So my dad said, you could go and finish HND. Then when you finish HND, so I grudgingly went back to do my HND. That was it. And after that, I did my ACCA. With my ACCA, I was able to do BSc. And I kept going on and on and on. Now, I could have said, maybe I went to a polytechnic. A lot of my, in fact, maybe amongst my friends, I was the only one that went to a polytechnic. But these days, you hardly could even say whether I went to a polytechnic or not. What other excuses did I give earlier on when I was talking? My younger brother from my mother's side, my youngest brother is about eight years older than him. Many of you might know him, Kokun Foundation. How many of you know Kokun Foundation? He is my younger brother. Same father, same mother. This boy was the black sheep of the family. Right from when he was two was when he would cry, Mio, your school, and he couldn't quite articulate himself. So when we were dressing him up, he would say, Mio, your school means Mio, law school. Like, I don't want to go to school. And then he would cry and cry and cry, Mio, law, egba me, what egba me? What? I am kidding you not. And then he was, a he was the only person in my house that my father paid for about six private schools for him to go through school. I'm talking about secondary school, not union. Even at that. But look at him, when they line up our family these days, or this in this age, ma and sir, my brother has reached the phases that even we, with all of the education, we haven't got into. He has met with governors, has met with presidents, with his English, even though he's making attempts these days to, you know, I'm just trying to provide answers to some of the questions that we give. A lot of us, some of us, I mean, a lot of times, some of us are like the third servant. We speak plenty English and grammar. Why did you not use your talent? Sir, 
if you know, sir, Lagos and Nigeria has been very, very hard. I have been trying to do relocation for four years. It hasn't worked. Ah, if you know, I remember a few years ago, I was bent on going to Canada. And I'm not, say, I'm not anti-relocation, no. Don't get me wrong, go. I'm just giving examples as they come to mind because I believe that these examples will liberate some of us. Some of us are supposed to be living our best life. But we are looking for until I relocate, until I relocate. You're supposed to enjoy and make the most of wherever you are. But time. I wanted to go to Canada about maybe eight years ago, myself and my husband. We had done the PR, in fact, record time. We did medicals. I was in the U.S. to give birth to my last son when they sent us our medical. And you know Canada, where you do medical? Kiloku. Kiloku. I wrote them and I said, you know what? Yes, when I get back to Nigeria. We did medicals. They accepted it. They asked us to pay for the PR itself. We paid. After that one, what, what is next? Submit your... Uh, you guys, you know, there are people not, they don't know here. And then, the wait of two weeks became two months, became eight months, became one year, waiting for that final email to say, submit your passport. You have paid for the PR. And then it became a two-year wait. And then May 30, 2017, I got that email. Because I was always looking for Accra at And when it came, it was a, sorry, not approved in my life. I never heard that you would apply for Canadian visa, do medicals, pay for PR. Actually, that PR, they just, the money we paid, they just refunded it about three years ago. I'm telling you that these things happen because I never lived that life. Maybe God knew that if I had gone, I would not have fulfilled what he wanted me to do. Some of us, it may, I'm just citing examples because those are the reasons. Now, if I had hung my, life, my life's plan on going to Canada, with that disappointment, I would then have been chasing. I'm be chasing. Yeah, it was 27. By the time they rejected me, and I started smart stewards before then, I just put my energy and all my efforts into Canada. I mean, into smart steel. Then the next year, we were frequent travelers to the U.S. For whatever reason, we wanted to renew our U.S. visa. I was going to go. And I said, we still have three months. So I said, I am traveling next week, but let's go and renew together. Then we went. Not only did they reject our application, they canceled existing visas in 2018. Ah, I'm like, what is happening? So after all of those things, I said, you know what? There's something. So I put in all my energy and efforts into building smart stewards. And to the glory of God, here we are today. Now, all of those visas that were canceled have been restored. Canada, that, that one, I just developed one kind of phobia and hatred for them. But la <laughs> last month, I went to the UK twice in like four weeks, one for a conference, the other one on the invitation of, you know, some prominent figures to speak. 
And then I came back, and my friend said, I just go home. I Canadian visa, and I, eh. So she went, I apply, and I, eh. Where is Canada? What do they do there? <laughs> Between you and I, I just said, okay, let, let me try. In less than two weeks, on Friday, I got my Canadian visa. After that experience. I'm just saying, see, all of these things will add up at the end of the day. But you must overcome those excuses. Remember, we are talking about accountability. Because you must realize that your life is not just about you and what you want. The guy, master gave them talents. The first one realized that, listen, this money is not mine. This energy that I have is not mine. This voice that I have is not mine. This beauty that I have is not mine. This skill that I have is not mine. Do you see? I am accountable to someone. And then the Bible said, he went to work immediately, realizing that at the end of the day, it is my master's. So the multiplication of the talents happened right here. And look at the moral of the story. He came back. He didn't bring any additional talents. But nine talents became what? Fifteen. Ten. Four. One. Am I right? Nine became fifteen. By virtue of what? The people who worked those things. If with your talents, if with your 30K job, with your 40K per month job, you have an accountability mindset, my darling, you will become partners. You will get more additional talents. Listen, the people that use their talents and their money the best way are the ones who keep getting more. In another version, when he said, give him, give that, collect that one and give to the person that already had 10. The people that were there were like, ah, 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 ah. God, this is Ojoro now. This person already has 10. What was his answer? He said, don't you know how it works in the kingdom? To him that does not have. Even the one that he has will be taken from him. What an irony. Should, it, should I say it again? You know why a lot of people who are broke will remain broke? Because the ones that they do not have is being taken away from them. All of us, we are the ones financing the likes of Dangote. Me, I'm not there, Sha. I'm not there. I've moved out of that. We are the ones financing their wealth. You do not know how to use your money. They will milk you. We are the ones financing Mark Zuckerberg's endeavors. You don't have money, but you're always on Instagram and Facebook buying data, surfing away, and the man is getting richer. Even the one that they do not have is being taken from them. They don't have, but they are still taking something from them. They are drawing blood, drawing time from us. Are you with me? Am I breaking tables? Or am I giving you buzz? Is it too much? Should I calm down? And we are still on number one. <laughs> Profound. 
around. He said, sir, this guy already has 10. He said, no, collect that one. Give it to the one that has 10. <laughs> to them that do not have. Because they do not know how to manage their resources. They are the ones always having excuses. They are the ones that are youthful but cannot wake up early enough to go and do stuff with their lives. You give it to the man that has five, who has multiplied his five into ten, who went straight away to work, who wakes up at 5 a.m. doing strategy meetings, collect from him that doesn't have. Give it to him because he will manage. Let me tell you, God is resources-oriented too much. God cares about the ecosystem of the world. That He doesn't care whether you're a Christian or you're a Muslim or you're, you're an atheist. As long as you can support his agenda, he will make you a partner. That's why. Does Elon Musk believe God? Why is he prospering? Those of us in church, we, we deceive ourselves too much. The Bible says God opens his hands and he satisfies the desires of every living thing. You being a child of God is an additional advantage. Whether you are a Christian or not, God is committed to your prosperity. And that's the truth. But that we now know God gives us an added advantage. The 10 richest men in the world, how many of them are Christians? But you know what? These guys have become partners with God indirectly. And Bill Gates is always looking for where to eradicate malaria. That's, he's doing what is core to God. And Mark Zuckerberg has developed softwares that would foster love, community living. If not for Facebook, maybe Pastor Femi and I would not have re reconnected. Do you understand? There are some people that you have known for years, and then for whatever reason, you then see them on social media. We're like, eh, you're still here. You reconnect. And you say, God won't bless that person. How many of us have prayer WhatsApp groups? You now say, God will not bless the person that did that. <laughs> you're deceiving yourself. If you think that it is only Christians that God will bless, forget it. God said, you have made 10 out of 5 become my partner. God is looking for partners. But we are chasing, excuse me, we are chasing all people are not born again. Some of us, when we dissect the lives of people, we're like, eh, you have forgotten that this person is first of all a child of God. Accountability. What are you doing with it? Let me tell you, my first job as a chartered accountant, I qualified 22 years ago. Yeah. After my HND, a year after I started ICANN, a year after I passed. I was earning 900 naira as a chartered accountant. Yes. 900 naira. Yeah. And my first job was in my former church in Shagami. And I was serving as a church accountant. Which, if I remember that thing they used to pay us, because you have to sign one brown paper like this. 900 naira. But I was doing it. I was happy. Until my dad said, 
With all of these things that we have read, is it Shagamu? By the way, I lived in Shagamu for years. Mm -hmm. Some of us who I say, ah, you don't know, I live in Mushi. Mushi and Shagamu, which one is better? Say Mushi is still in Lagos. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. I journeyed home, yeah. But hey, look at it today. Some of those things, they will become history. Some of you will go from Ota to Ottawa. Some of you will go from Lagos to Los Angeles. Wait for the time. But whilst you are here, maximize the moment. Last month, I was at an event in the UK where I went to speak. It was, how many of you know Cherry Blair? How many of you know Tony Blair? There are Gen Z's here, you don't know him. Tony Blair. <laughs> Sorry. Now, Tony Blair used to be the prime minister of the UK. And his wife, Cherry Blair, has a foundation for women. They do a lot of things across Africa. Let me share this story. It might encourage someone. About four years ago, I was driving to work in Lagos, GI. And I just saw something, Cherry Blair Foundation looking for mentors. Ah, this is such a good one to get it. But I knew I couldn't become a mentor if I didn't go through the program. As fate will have it, maybe about a year after, somebody from LBS sent me a flyer and said, Shola, you're a community person. You have women in your community. Send this flyer. There's a bit of feedback. I don't know if it is the instrument at the back that is talking or somebody wants to come and join me in front. But I don't know. You are distracting my, my thinking, please. And... They sent me that flyer, and I looked at it, I'm like, send it to which women? I will send, the, send it to the women, but please, subscribe me too. He said, ah, coach, you have come. I said, register me for the program. It was like a six-month mentoring, whatever. And I went. For the first in-person um, event, I got there. Half of the class were my mentees. When I got there, they said, ah, coach, are you teaching? I said, no, we are all students. He said, coach, what for coach are you like this? But I went through that program, mentoring in business. Me that I already had, as at then, about 19 years business experience. So we did that program. After that, a year after, yeah, last year I was somewhere in the U.S. And they called me and said, ah, they want to showcase some businesses. And your name came up. I'm like, why not? So they came to my office, shot a documentary, blah, blah, blah. Not long after that, they said they were looking for mentors. Remember that thing I saw four years ago? It had now played out because I had positioned myself. So I applied to be a mentor. Then in June, I went for our own Master Wars conference in the UK. And then I just sent them an email to say, guys, I am in the UK and I am inviting you to a conference. But they replied and said, no, sorry, because it's a Sunday, it's not a work day, we'll be able to come but can you come to our own office on Tuesday? I'm like, Cherry Blair Foundation. Why not? I will come. What am I doing? <laughs> so I went. On that fateful day, I did not know that Cherry Blair herself would be at the conference. I actually canceled. They wanted me to come on Monday, but I said, let me come on Tuesday. And as soon as I entered, and I was, they were ushering me into their conference room upstairs, Somebody opens the door and say, and say, and said, Charlotte, hi. I looked at, oh, Cherry Blair, oh, good afternoon, ma'am, blah, 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 blah. I have heard so much about it. I will join you upstairs. And then she came. And as we were talking, you know, all of those things, she said, by the way, 
We have a program next month. I would want for you to come and speak. What was the program about? They had reached between 2019 and 2022, 100,274 women in their impact circle. And they wanted one person out of those 100,274 women to come and talk about their journey. Talk about faith, talk about positioning, talk about faithfulness. They bought my ticket, put me in the best hotel in the UK, trust me. And little did I know that there was going to be another destiny moment at that event. So, it I mean, the time came for me to talk. And as I talked, everybody, do, 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 do. I was like the star of the entire event. My photos were everywhere. And as I went back to where I was standing, somebody tapped me. And I looked back, and I was in death. And I said, that was such a fantastic experience. My whole career is made. Let me just go and be sitting there in my house now and just be posting those photos everywhere. <laughs> what am I saying? Accountability. Now, whether I went to a polytechnic or not is not even relevant. Is anybody asking me? Anybody asking me did you come from a dysfunctional family or not? Is any, anybody asking me whether I grew up in Shagamo or not? What I'm saying is over the years, I have made use of the one talent, two talents, three talents, four talents, five talents. And each time I did that, God kept making opportunities available. If you will not remember anything from this speech today, this number one is important. Accountability. Some of you need to go back, say, yes, I know I'm earning 20,000 doing social media management. Or I'm earning 50,000 working for one fintech like that. Be serious with it. When people say small money, small money, small money, a credit alert will always move your bank account forward anytime, no matter how small it is. I'm glad there are a lot of young guys in this place. Let me give you an example. You take a lady out on a date and you tell her, you know what? Today, wound me. <laughs> guys! <laughs> you know those lines now? Nice restaurants. <laughs> and you tell her, you want to make an impact. You know what the, the lines that we say? Say, just, just take anything. But you know that in your bank account, you only have 30,000 naira there. And you are telling her to wound you, to injure you, to harm you. But as, in fact, she's eating. You don't want to eat. You say, ah, eat. No, no, no. I actually had something before I. But the girl insists that you must eat. Ah, and in your mind, you are like, hey, gosh, Jesus. But you are fortunate. You have only 30,000 naira, gerege. And they bring the bill. And you are peeping. But you are very fortunate. 
5,120 naira. And you do not have cash in your pocket. Now say, excuse me, you go into your, into the restroom and you call your guy. Just send me 200 naira right now. <laughs> Will 200 save the day or not? Answer me with boldness. When you tender that card with that 200 naira that your guy has sent, will you be disgraced or not? No. How can you then tell me that one money is small? A credit alert, I said this already, will move your bank account forward no matter how small it is. A hundred naira credit or a five thousand naira debit, which is more valuable? They are not answering me. They think I am speaking gibberish. If you give me five thousand naira today, I will thank you with the same energy that I will thank the person who gives me five million. Because money is value. Positive money is value. As long as it is not a minus. Zero is more powerful than minus one. Do you know? So why are you saying, you're just giving me 70,000 naira? Uh, really? You know one of the problems, the guy that got one, one of the problems I suspected of the guy, it wasn't as if he wasn't intelligent or smart or hardworking. Because the Bible said he carefully, he dug, he knew how to dig. Listen, guys, he knew how to talk and argue. He knew how to speak good English. He knew how to analyze. Some people aspire to perspire. They will say they don't have gifts and talents. But when they are in the club, when they are amongst their friends, their voices are the loudest. And they will say, <laughs> I do not have any skill or talent. My dear, you are like that guy. But he could have looked at the person that got five. Looked at the person that got two. I'll be like, eh, what's my own uh, sin? That they gave me only one. Could have been a reason. Some of you, you are looking at your friend who got a job in the total. You know what they have done? Even if they have not done anything, their skill or their qualification or certification got them there. Even if you think, I'm sorry I'm in the church. Recently when they released the ministerial appointment, Twitter went and got. Somebody said, all the five or six ladies there, this one is sleeping with this one. That one is sleeping with that one. People that have CFA, that have PhD, they had to say, no, it was because they were sleeping with someone. But even if, ma, even if that is the case, eh, if it was that easy, you too, why don't you go and be, I'm sorry to say, I mean, it sounds vulgar, but I am saying that these are things that we say and we do that hinder us. You could analyze, you could dig, and then you're saying, <laughs> the guy was just, he just had a lot of issues. Could have looked at that person, comparison. 
Somebody comes to church, gives a testimony. Your eye is always in the blessings of other people. Whether, even if it is chance that happened to them, you too, let chance happen to you now. Some of us, the way we will analyze people's blessings, oh, is it not because that's the job of Satan? <laughs> Satan went to meet God and said, Job, is it not because you have a head of fire around him? Oh, no. That person, you know, is our uncle's cousin father knows the governor of Lagos State before, before. You two go and have connection somehow. If your, <laughs> if your biological circumstances did not make some things happen for you, make it happen for yourself. Listen to the story I shared. I was in the UK. I did them an email. Abby, I could have gone to the UK and said, ah, we are doing program. But I wasn't, I went out of my way. I went out of my way to join the program. I did not need that program for anything. But I'm just like, why not? It took me driving to LBS. Took me going on. The things they thought were things I could teach, that I was teaching already. But I went through it. Sacrifice. So if no family member could connect me to Cherry Foundation, I made it happen by myself. Rather than complaining. How many minutes more do I have until I'm 21? I am saying this from the bottom of my heart. Five minutes more. Ah. It's okay. It's okay. You won't, you won't have questions by the time I'm finished. You will see. Anyway, another example comes to mind. You remember I told you that my U.S. visa was canceled? Then one day, I'm, let me tell you, you have to make things happen for yourself in this world. Though. You have to position yourself. Then I heard about one program. To be honest, at the onset, I didn't feel that we could in any way make that. I mean, that was not the intention. But I'm like, hey, U.S. affiliation, let's go. I did that program. I got there, too. I saw my mentor. Said, Coach, you are here again. I said, I'm here. I did that program. In fact, for our in-person, whatever we had to travel to, it was very uncomfortable, but I went. When I finished, in fact, that one has many blessings. I'd never applied for a grant in my life. After that program, they said we should apply. Many entries. I was one of the two people that won a grant in my 40s. I'm like, really? We got that grant. In fact, this week is when they are disbursing that grant. You know. Then after that, they said there was a, a competition that they wanted women to pitch for. Now, these were things I would ordinarily say, no, I'm not good at pitching. I've never pitched successfully. But I, I put in my application, out of 1,500, they chose 10 of us. Then we pitched to a wide audience, you know, U.S. consulate. And then after that speech, I did not win. It was a friend that won. So that friend that won, they were going to sponsor her for a conference in the U U.S. all paid for. As soon as we finished, my spirit said, write to the embassy and tell them that even though you did not win that competition, you are interested in going for that event. And I did. The rest, as they say. Last year, the in interview days people were getting for U.S. Embassy was into 2024. They gave me an appointment day within five days. When I got there, because I was a pitch participant, they put me in a VIP line, not where everybody was. 
And that was how they restored their life. Rather than making excuses, make things happen. Don't be like that guy. And the master said, if only, if only you are taking the money to the bank, you would have become a partner like the other. Because there's no junior partner, there's no senior. Everybody enter into the joy of your Lord. Do you see? Please be accountable. Number two, let's go on. I will rush through those ones. Be accountable and ditch your excuses for once in life. Make things happen. Some of us are still blaming our late parents. If only. My mother brought my pregnancy from the UK at seven months to Nigeria. If only she had given birth to me. By now, that being a UK. No, I'm telling you, real life. I would ask her, please, mom, mama. Hilo shele, gongono. Hilo shele. Our friends remain there. I have friends who are UK citizens that they had at the same, in the same year. Benny. I still asked her last night. Hello, Shelley, no? What were you looking for in Nigeria? That in that time, didn't they say if you are pregnant, beyond the time, you shouldn't travel? I could have held on to that. Number two, budgeting. Now, that small money, if you plan it well, it will work. Don't forget a very important principle in life. When you use it well, you'll get more. Use it well, you'll get more. But how can you use it well? Interact with your finances. What am I making? I wrote, a, I wrote out a tweet about one month ago, and I said, no, 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 this week. I said, some of us would not believe the amount that has gone through our bank statements. As you are here, some of you, in the last five years, more than 20 million has gone through your account. Now you're like, ah! I dare you. Tomorrow, open your banking app, because today is Sunday, holy day. <laughs> or go to the bank and say, can you, don't need to print it, but you should print it or you should just download it. You told, tell me the total credit that has come into my account from year 2020 to date. You will be amazed. You have handled money, but you have not just used it well. Go and try it. A budget shows you what is coming in and what is going out. Plan your money. Having established the fact that there's nothing called small money, that small money too, allocate it well. I know the Nigerian economy will make you feel like, ah, and people are allocate. I don't tell people don't spend money. I tell people plan. You want to do, what do they do now? Um, girls, you want to shower, you know, you want to flex, you want to, do it, but within the confines of your finances. You cannot be borrowing money for your lifestyle. You are killing yourself. If you have to manage and cut and cut as you seek to increase your income, it is fine. They say that jack of no trade, master of none. Does he have to be master of anything? There is a stage in your life where you will do this, that, this, that, for everything to be balanced. 
say, master of none, let them abuse you. Let me tell you, a few years ago, I went to learn how to make confectionery. There, there's no time to go into the story. Long and short, I'm not just a chartered accountant. I'm a chartered donut maker. <laughs> chartered ego maker. Chartered, if, anything, if push comes to shove and I have to make money, guys, you must never be at a position where your skills cannot make you money. If I am not going to talk, now I say, Shola, you are banned from, but I reject it in Jesus' name. <laughs> you are banned from doing business. Ma, I will bring out all my uh, cooking and baking, whatever. I will make money because the skills are there. You must seek to be multi-skilled. Versatility. Because I tell people it is easier to make more money than to cut down on expenses. What expenses do you want to even cut down in this day and age? Is it your rent? Is it data? You want to beg MTN, please don't reduce the money. They will not. For those who, are, who have children, some of us who have three children now, you now go and beg your two proprietor. You know, I've, two children have gone here. This last one, give me discount. Lie, lie. And your children will wake up one day to say, Mommy and Daddy, we see the work you have done. Over the next three days, we will not be hungry. <laughs> True. So when we say cut down, cut down or cut, what are you cutting down on? So I would say, look for means. Number three, look for means to what? Increase. There's nothing such as shame money. Say you can, it's, be, it's below me. Especially some of us that are youthful. This is the time you have. We are in the age of AI. I can build, see, the number of websites that I have developed in this very short life is uncountable. I wrote an email to, oh no, I wrote a message in church this morning for our consultant because we are having our summit next month and I'm inviting you already. Happening at Muson Center, 23rd of September. Yes, we were late in planning, but I said we are making the announcement tomorrow and announcing our speakers. I said, when is the landing page going to be ready? And she said, Ma, we will do the copy then on Thursday. I said, which Thursday? I said, I just asked her a, one, just one question, and it wasn't technical. I just needed advice. Do you think this is what we should use for registration? When I get home today, I will do that landing page myself because I have built my skills and talents for the kind of work I do. I will not be at the mercy of anyone. How did I learn it? I learned it not me. If it is pivotal for your journey, learn it. Some of us that are youthful, what do you do with your time? You just just just, just I said there's no money. There's no money where. All the money in this world. So when COVID happened, what happened? Did God mop it out of the world? It's still here, but in the hands some people. See, what has happened is world transfer. Money has been taken from the people like the one, 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 one talent complaining that there's no money. It has gone to the people who have 11. And that's why you will see a Tony Lumeli say they have um, fortified their stake in Kinikon. Elon Musk now dashing money on Twitter. Too much money. Because the money has gone from your hands and it is not your own money, Sha. Do you get what I'm saying? Please. Number three, cost control. Yeah, unnecessary expense. I, I, I talked about that. Sometimes, ladies, these days I looked at my wardrobe. I'm like, eh. 
I will not, because I, I talk a lot, I go for programs, you don't want to wear the same things. I like, forget it. I'm aware, me. If you say you have seen me in this mustard jacket, you will see me again in this mustard jacket. Because I kept making new clothes. Making new clothes. And my wardrobe is like, I'm like, what is happening? So I shall be no more. No more. What I've done, I told my tailor, my fashion designer, make me kimonos in very lovely colors and styles. If you call me, I will just pick one. Wear it. I've come. I've done the color. But you now be buying, except for a few friends of mine that are like, Ishan, when they are doing wedding, because, I mean, they are older friends, they, they are friends of mine who are in their 40s, who are not, those ones, I will carry it on my head, I will buy. But any other unnecessary, I will not buy. You all know what you spend money on. Some of you say it's small. Every day you are buying food outside. Every day. Every day. Ah. Diligence. Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man diligent in his ways, in his works, with his gifts? He will stand before who? He will stand before who? He will stand before who? Aha. Uh -huh. We have all stood before mean men enough. Aha. Uh -huh. We need to elevate. I led prayers, I mean, day star protocol, and I led prayers this morning. And I said, see, guys, I've been pondering on something. Isaiah 60 says, arise and shine, blah, blah, blah. I think verse 7 says, kings will serve you. And I said, I looked at the characters in the Bible that we all like and talk about. All of them had stuff to do with palaces and kings. Abraham. Can you remember? Jacob eventually went to meet Pharaoh. There was something. Isaac has something to do with the king. Moses went into the king. Into the, he grew up in the palace and went there again to say, you know what, let my people go. Joseph has something to do with palace. David has something to do with palace. Esther has something. Daniel served four generations of kings. So when he says you will stand before kings, He's not saying that literally. I'm not just saying king. Literally. Some of us will find ourselves in palaces. Advising. Guys, that's what God wants for us. But diligence will take us there. Not just aspire to aspire. What? Next one. Expand your sources of income. I've already said this. So I'm done literally with my notes. Some of us, you need to go out and say, what can I do? I told my husband this. I said, you are doing your thing, I'm doing my thing. There must be something we're also doing together. Combined efforts. I'm telling my friends, I just started a new line of business with a friend who is in media. And then I shared the whole thing. And one person said, Shola, you have gone into media again, we are petrified. I said, you don't need to be petrified. Let us combine forces. Because you are doing it, doesn't matter. If you start to teach personal finance today, I will bless you and support you. You start to teach entrepreneurship today, I will bless you, I will support you because you know what? The sky is wide enough. In this church, we are youths. What can we do together? After service, I say, high five, close your eyes. See you next week. You are not talking business. You know they work like that. Next slide. Like, next slide. Financial discipline and foresight. Remember the stories I shared? I was intentional. I want to join Cherry uh, Blair mentoring. And look at it. In two years, you literally materialized. What are you thinking about your future? A quote says, nothing guarantees 
a good future like a correct future. And you cannot feature in a future you can't picture. Should I say it again? Nothing guarantees a good future like a correct picture. You cannot feature in a future you can't picture. You have to picture it too. Uh -huh. And then finally, number seven, growth, generosity, and gratitude. Seek for growth. Be generous. In the midst of, it's not enough. Yeah? You must still look for. So remember what I said earlier on about God looking for partnerships. People that he can use as vessels, as pipelines. You can't just be coming all you get, coming all you get, coming all you get. You say, God bless me. Look at those richest men. They all, in fact, I heard that Warren Buffett and some of them, they, they have this billionaire's skill. Literally, they have literally pledged their wealth to charity. Bill Gates, his children already knows, or they already know that when he dies, the money is not coming to him. Go and research. Go and research. There's a billionaire's, billionaire's guild. They have pledged all their resources to charity. And you say, God will not bless them. I'm not saying go and pledge all you have. Oh. <laughs> but these guys, they know, they understand businesses. They understand impact, influence, income, profit. And they're saying at the end of the day, they don't even know God. But how much more? So even in the midst of Kosi Kosi, still help. Still help. Right? And be grateful. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope with these few points of mine, I've been able to convince you that you can be an exemplary steward. Check out what we do as Smart Stewards um, across different social media platforms. I'm also Shola Adeshaki. Yes, across social media platforms. On Instagram, I'm Shola underscore Adeshaki. Smart Stewards, check out what we do. Join our academy, learn more. We have an academy that runs all year round. I think it's just 50K for six months, 90K for one year. We have a signature course called the Free to Fly Financial Plan. It runs four times a year. You know, just, just plug yourself into these things and just be determined to succeed. And of course, I'm giving you an advance invitation to our summit. Annual summit happening next year. The line off will blow your mind. We'll make the announcements by tomorrow. Let's go and do our landing page today. <laughs> Look out for, <laughs> for it. So if you see that, the first landing page you will see, be assured I am the one <laughs> that will do it. <laughs> yes. All right, thank you. Do we have questions? Please keep clapping. If you were blessed, keep clapping. Keep clapping. Wow. Wow. That was a beautiful time. You must agree with me. Please, let's bow our heads as we pray for. Okay. Do we have questions? Do we have questions? Okay. There's one hand there. You were doing like this. Were you were you praising God? <laughs> Any question? Okay, there's a question here. Okay, good morning, everybody. Thank you very much, Ma. That was a very wonderful one. Um, 
the question is this. Um, there's this notion that um, not everybody can be grateful. Not everybody can be rich. Like they will say, the scripture says that um, the, the poor will not... How do they pray it again? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, so, uh, so the question is, how do you get to determine that you are not part of the poor? <laughs> so because we, 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 we take a lot of excuses for ourselves that even God is not understanding anymore. So how do you ensure you are not in that category? a very valid question that somebody I'm not talking about him or but whoever has that notion and it's all you care people go through a lot in life they have tried so many things and it's not that they, they, they haven't worked it's easy to find yourself in that kind of conditioning to say that you know what maybe I am even one of the poor that the Bible has said will not cease in the life. Let me accept my destiny. It's easy to think like that. But the truth of the matter is, yes, the, what the Bible says that there will always be the poor for whatever reasons. Listen, there are people that live in very remote villages. Up until now, villages around the world that do not have light. Do you understand? Yeah, sometimes they will say time and chance happen to people. You can, I mean, they, they are born there, they will live there, they will die there. They never have the opportunity to come into an awareness of something better. But if you have tasted the better thing in terms of information, knowledge, and you still decide that, Maybe your destiny is to be a part of the poor. Then you have yourself to blame. All of these things that we say, there are people who will never ever see electricity in their lives. They haven't heard. Like those people hear some of these things that we say and they make effort. They will succeed. Now, it's one thing to be aware, it's another thing to have understanding, and it's another thing to be able to implement. Some people are not aware, so they accept whatever. Some people are aware, but they do not understand. Now, some people understand, but they do not take action. And let me tell you, if you stay the course, you might have failed many times. You stay the course, you continue to implement, you continue to practice, you continue to, you know, believe and put in the effort. You won't be part of them. So God himself knows that. I mean, Jesus came into the world. He couldn't reach everybody. He was just in a geographical location. And they would say, Jesus came. They would say, which Jesus came? Did we see him? Even Jesus could not appear to every country. Do you understand? So you have to make up your mind to constantly seek for knowledge. I, I tell people all the time, there's no better time to be alive. Even our parents are looking at us and they're like, let me give you something, that, that, that tell you something that happened. I, I'll give you the mic. 
I was with my sister in the UK, and she said, she showed me an email, very detailed email from one. I said, shall I may respond? She had been asking me, asking me. I said, okay, Mrs. Bowman, yes. Then when I was ready, she now shared the email with me. Two minutes, I gave her a long email. Ah, she said, wait, Shola, I know you are very intelligent, but ah, why did you come up with this long email in two minutes? I didn't say anything. <laughs> she kept asking her, Shola. She called her husband. Babe, babe, something just happened. Shola, you are well, you know, in winio. What is the in She gave me the email. I copied it out. I went to chat GPT. <laughs> listen, listen, listen to me. I didn't just say, write a response. For some of us, we have these tools, we don't know how to use them. I gave a call for chat to, to give me the kind. See, we all can use chat, but the way we use them and the results we get will differ. You just copy and say, respond. Respond to what? But you will tell chat GPT to say, I need you to respond to this email in a very appealing way, concise manner, to somebody who is not, you know, you define the parameter. That's why what I will get will be different from what you will get. And I did that. In and she, so I now said, oh yeah, she has said, but oh yeah, Joko. I said, this is the tool I use. She's in her fifth year. Shola, call me. Call me. I said, sit down. She's educated. She went to uni. But she's not aware. When I finished, she now said, ah. I did B. <laughs> she now said, I want to write a letter, a note to my husband. Listen to me. I said, what? I said, write, type it there. She now said, want to tell her husband that they have not been as intimate and good boy as before. So that one now wrote something. I just now copied and pasted. Copied and sent it to her husband as WhatsApp. No, that's not even the issue. The husband now called her. Well, is this my wife? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> is it? <laughs> she understand? So I tell people, we cannot see I am not a Gen Z. I'm not even a millennial. Unfortun well, fortunately, I, I sometimes, millennials started the year after. I'm a 1980 born. I'm 43 this year. I want to still be like it, but whoa, time is moving. We flow with it. But what I'm saying is that in this age, we are so blessed. Is it only chat GPT? Do you, do you know what guys use AI to do these days? So, if you have that awareness, understanding, and you now say you are destined to be among the poor, ah, those who don't know, you can spare them. So, nobody here, nobody with a smartphone, nobody with some level of education to say that God said there will always be the poor. The poor. Do you get my drift? Thank you very much, Ma. Any other question? All right, Toby. Okay, thank you very much, Ma. I would like to ask, if you have like numerous skills, right, 
you want to have multiple sources of income. How do you gauge like how to monetize these skills? Like what's the so I know that I'm good at this thing, but like how much am I supposed to charge? Like what's the gauge you use to determine what you're worth exactly? Did you finish with the first question? Now the first question I would ask thought you would ask is how do I know which one to do? How do I know which one to monetize? Oh, you already know. So you're talking about pricing. The first thing I would say is that a lot of times you have skills. You want to give people what you know how to do. One of the secrets of business is to actually give people what they need. So it's not enough to just have skills. Oh. Don't just say, ah, Ms. Shola said we can be jack of all trades. It's about, see, when I started that confectionery business, I was consulting for a company, and I would pack my lunch every day from work. Now, but lunch means that I should eat it around one or two, Abby. <laughs> but by 10, I'm hungry. So if I eat my lunch now, and I'm not leaving the island until four, what will happen? So I would say, get me snacks. You say, Ma, we will take, in those days, it was bike and keke. So I have to take keke to Tasty. It will cost 600. And I, how much is the amount of snacks that I'm buying? So one day on my way home, I saw a snack shop around my area. And I went there and I said, you know what? I want to resell snacks. It was a Thursday. And I said, tomorrow I'm coming to pick some snacks. Give me a discount. So Friday morning, I went to the snack shop, packed some things, took it to work. By the time I got to work, I gave it to our office assistant. We didn't want her, she had sold out. Why? There were people who needed, they only needed somebody who could fit in to supply. So I went back to that snack shop that Friday and said, you know what? I'm not even reselling. Come and teach me. So the lady came home, the whole of Saturday, Sunday, she taught me. The only reason I'm not doing that business is because ah, I don't want to do it. But I could do it to make money. I didn't want to scale it. So number one in identifying, I'm still coming back to you, what you should do amongst your skills. Make sure it is something that can meet the needs of people and that can fetch you money. Now in terms of pricing, there are a lot of ways to determine. Number one, your own cost price at least. Maybe you can't sell below your cost price. And you're in business, not for charity, but to make money. Abby? So you put a decent margin that covers your cost. A decent margin that will help you scale your business or scale whatever it is and make more money. That's number one. Number two, you benchmark. If I am selling, give me an example. What do you do? Like, give me one. Ah, thank you. If you are doing voiceover, and you know that somebody does voiceover, I don't know how much, at 20K. You now tell people your own voiceover is 100K. Don't blame the devil. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people that would pay you 100K but you must find them. You cannot go to people who can only pay 20K or 15K and they know that there's somebody doing 20K and they, and you now say, you have to, you say, no, 
we're not paying. So that's where customer and market segregation comes in. For example, when I go for secular events, I have to speak. Two last week they sent me a proposal, and I'm like, you, I know what to do. So I sent in my red card, and hmm, my man like, hey, hey, I said, see, I have paid the dues in this proportion. Glad there are, there are some I will close my eyes and say, okay, discount. There are some I will insist. When I when they came back to me, they said, ma, we know, ah, that yes, ma. You are kiniko kiniko. Ah, but if I if we tell you what we are going to offer, ah, ma, don't be annoyed. I said, say, this is between us. Oh. But the guy said, my, my man, really? She, I've been shooting myself. Ashe, what the person was offering was not too significantly different for, you know. But on a good day, I'll say, no, let me not charge you because it's a game. Customer segregation. Sometimes to some people, you insist because you know. To some people, you know, you and sometimes you lose some. There, there are opportunities that I just say, you know what? Yeah, if it's not mine, it's not mine. Let it go. I'm not going to come down because I know what's been paid. Because it's about value and perception. So, how do you price? I've said your costing. I've said customer segregation. And sometimes of your own free will, you might, you might decide it's a mix of many things. Somebody says, please. Please, you know what? This is for something, something. Another time. But can you take 18K? 18K is not your standard, but you know that even without 18K, you have made profit. You tell them, you know what? Just for this time, I will accept this. And then you put systems in place. You are not accessible. Uh -huh. You say, oh, yeah, talk to my customer relation. Is a lie. The person is your sister. <laughs> if you go and talk to my, I will tell them to give you a discount. This business, forget you have to be smart. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ma. Thank you so much. Please let's bow our head as we pray for our speaker. Heavenly Father.